Hey guys, what's up? It's Raven and Tony. Fun fact, only one species of lizard can swim. Thankfully, it's the marine Galapagos lizard and they don't live in Texas. But on another note, today I'm obviously here with my mom. If you don't know that this is my mother, this is my mother. And we are going to be doing this highly requested episode. You guys have been asking for me to bring Chef Tony onto the pod because you guys have a lot of questions for her. And we kind of hinted in some of my vlogs that um, I guess she has some things she wants to get off her chest. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you said in the I vlog. And we talked about... Um, because we were kind of starting to talk about what it's like to work together as mother and daughter. Because if you guys don't know, my mom is my manager. And just to dive right into it, um, I want to give y'all like a background on what that really even means. I do have questions from you guys. I asked you guys on Instagram to ask us questions, anything related to us working together, anything related to just our relationship as mother and daughter in general, anything you wanted to Ask Chef Tony in general. So we have a ton of questions here, but I did just want to start off, like I said, with just giving y'all like the background story of what I mean when I say my mom is my manager, because I know a lot of people get confused by that because I do also have Brianna, who is my manager as well. And I had her on um, a recent episode. Definitely go check out that episode if you haven't seen it. Um, but they are both my managers in different ways. So I'll let my mom explain what she does. Well, I actually manage the business of Raven Lease TV. Um, I do not, I'm not involved with um, brand deals and negotiating brand deals and all that, those contracts, but I am involved with overseeing the whole shebang. That means involved in hiring team and supervising team and being the go-between between Raven and the other team members be it Raven and Brianna, the talent manager, Raven and her accountant, Raven and her lawyer, Raven and her real estate uh, professional, uh, Raven and her editors. Um, I oversee all the work that they're doing. I make sure all the bills get paid. I make sure she gets paid from the, the brands that she's doing work for. And uh, just make sure the business runs smoothly, kind of help with business strategy and also just kind of being on the lookout for what types of things that she might want to do in the future for her business. And another thing to add on to that is your specialty has kind of become YouTube strategy over the years. Like that's kind of your main thing that you've kind of done the most research on and, and learned the most about over the years, I would say. And obviously you have your course and stuff like that. So can you explain that for the people who don't know? Well, prior to working with Raven, so Raven was doing YouTube 100% on her own through high school, through college. I wasn't involved at all. I didn't even watch her videos. I kind of knew what she was doing. But alongside that, and during that time, I had an interest in social media and after I kind of finished my career as a personal chef or alongside that career as a personal chef, I started teaching personal chefs and other small businesses and consulting with them on how to market their businesses on social media, whether that's YouTube, blog, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever was going on at the time. So I did have a background in social media before I actually started working. Because that's a question you. that I saw a lot in here is like, did you have some sort of previous work experience that had to do with social media or YouTube strategy? Or did you just start from scratch and learn by working with me? Yeah, I, I had a, a little bit, I had more of an overall social media 
um, background and experience before working with Raven. But truth be told, most social media platforms work the same. It's just that when Raven expressed to me that she wanted to get to a certain level with her social media, specifically YouTube, that she wanted to hit a million subscribers, I thought, well, let me just dig a little bit deeper into that platform. And so that's what I ended up doing. I didn't just know all that stuff. I actually had to research for um, probably four or five months to come up with a strategy that helped her actually get to a million subscribers in 10 months. But as I dug into it, I realized that mm, no matter what the algorithm, no matter what the platform, all social media platforms have the same goals in mind. And that is to make money for that platform, mainly through advertising revenue, which is just old school marketing. So. Okay. Going back to what you said about personal chefing, somebody asked, did chef Tony go to culinary school or is chef Tony just a nickname? And then somebody also asked, how long has Chef Tony been a cook? Okay. <laughs> we have another, to break down the Chef Tony of it all. Another fun fact about me is I don't have any formal education in anything. <laughs> Everything I do is self-taught. I am a consummate researcher. I love to research and to find things out. Now, you can, you can become a personal chef by going to culinary school. In fact... For the eight or so years I was a, a, a personal chef, probably maybe 20% of the chefs that I met and that I worked with had gone, gone to culinary school. When you are a personal chef, you're not cooking for restaurants. You're not cooking for any type of professional entity. You're cooking for families. And what families want is not super fancy food, I found out. They want everyday food. They want Foods like enchiladas. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. I used to work with her for her, like washing dishes and chopping up stuff whenever she was a personal chef. And like I would see what the families were requesting and I would be thinking, like, why are y'all hiring a personal chef just to make this basic food? Pay big money. People will pay were, probably still are, paying big money to just get meatloaf, spaghetti, home style, green chili. beans, almondine. Green beans, they, uh, very few of my clients really wanted anything fancy. So no, you don't, most personal chefs, if you're going to be a personal chef, you don't need to go to culinary school. You do need to have some basic cooking knowledge. And, and don't you have to have some sort of like food safety certification type thing? You have to thing? be, to be a caterer, to be a personal chef, technically you're supposed to have food, get food safety training and that's easy to get. You get it through the city and you basically learn about food safety, food temperatures, food storage, and you have to take a test and you have to get certified every year for that. But the thing that makes a personal chef successful is not necessarily their cooking skills, it's their business skills. Because as a, as a personal chef, you have to get your own clients. And that means a certain amount of marketing and knowing how to uh, obtain and maintain your clients. So no, I'm not professionally taught in anything. But you are a serial entrepreneur. Yes. You've had multiple, not just the personal chef thing, but before that it was probably like seven other things that you did. Before that I had a tape transcription company where I had a bunch of subcontractors transcribing tapes for the tech industry for legal field, which I was a legal 
administrator and before that a legal secretary. Those are my jobs. But um, prior to that, I had a full-blown secretarial, secretarial service, answering service, that type of thing. I even had, like one of my first businesses was a house cleaning business. House cleaning houses, cleaning people's houses. Anything that uh, I realized you could make money from. <laughs> well, me. Which, I mean, that helps to explain, like, because people don't know that background story and people want to know, like, how, you know, how did you get here? How do you know how to do any of the things you're currently doing? And it's just like lived experience and trial and error through trying different things and being an entrepreneur and knowing about business in general, knowing about marketing in general, knowing about social media in general, combine all that together and do some extra research to narrow in on what you are currently trying to do. And that's kind of how yeah we're doing it um but no no college degree no used to work for instagram headquarters no nothing <laughs> of that nature um also people are asking like when did you become my manager why did i pick you over a different sort of you know an, a real manager or whatever like what's the story of how that happened can i tell that story sure <laughs> why are you saying it like that <laughs> because it was kind of a struggle so Let's see. Raven's doing YouTube on the side. I have been technically posting YouTube videos since 2008. Technically. Like, I've always been on YouTube. I've always been on the internet. I've always done it for fun. But, and then kind of like as a side hustle, when I first started barely getting some free stuff and barely making a couple dollars here and there, it was like a side hustle during college. And then it was... 2015, like right when I was graduating college is when I started to really like do it full time or take it seriously, just so you have those dates in mind. So you were doing it pretty much for fun, had started making a little bit of revenue while you were in college. I remember you sent us your first, the email for the first paid brand deal. Mm -hmm. And you're like, is this right? Are they going to pay me? They're going to actually send me some hair or the wig and then they're going to pay me to make a video about it? I looked at it and I was like... Yep. It's like, oh, this is cool. So your junior year, like freshman year and sophomore year, I believe you came home during the summer to work. Because mm-hmm. I was our, working retail at like yeah, Wet Seal in the that, mall. That's our, our deal for our kids. We're not giving you money to spend during college. You got to come home in the summertime and earn your money. So she worked retail the first two years. The third year, she said, you know, I have this apartment. I'm going to have to pay rent through the summer anyway. I really want to just stay here. And I think I can earn enough money through my YouTube videos, the same money that I would be making working retail. So I was like, okay, sure, go ahead. So she did that for her junior year. And then, of course, the senior year came along and she graduated. And we, my my husband and I realized that Raven with her her uh, degree in fashion would might be looking for a job in the industry. And I remember I said, you know, hey, your uncle, he met this lady and she is a, a buyer for JC Penney's. And maybe, you know, he could introduce her to you, introduce you to her. And then you guys could, maybe she, you could end up working at JC Penney's, you know, as a buyer. And Raven says, well, yeah, thanks. But this is how much I'm I'm making right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And you, you're like, this is my goal. I mean, this is where I am right now, which I'll just say it was a very good 
college graduate medium salary. It was a very good salary. And, but she said, you know, but I'd like to get to this much. And I said, okay, so you want to scale. So in order to scale, you're going to need some help. Why don't you let me help you? And she said, no, you don't, <laughs> you don't know anything about I was like, this. Help, help me with what? You don't, you didn't even, like you said, you weren't even watching my videos really up until just around that time. Like I was starting to, you know, when, when I told you I was making money, I'm sure you started paying attention yeah. a little bit more. But in my mind, I was like, you don't even barely know what YouTube is. How are you going to help me? I Well, I was thinking from the administrative standpoint, because I know that people were going to start being more in your inbox asking you to do brand deals. So I wanted to, I said, I could at least make sure you don't miss any of those. And you were like, I think I'll just hire my best friend for $10 an hour. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, I mean, I think that in order to scale, you're going to need some help because you're not going to be able to continue to do everything by yourself. Well, as the story goes, two months after graduating college, she's like, oops, I'm having a baby. <laughs> and I think it was that that was the catalyst that made her say. Yes, because side note, I never ended up hiring my best friend for $10. Like I just kept doing everything by myself, making up stuff. I was starting to get those contract and those brand deals. I was just doing it blind. Like, I don't know what this means. Just signing it. I guess it sounds good making stuff up as I went along. My mom wasn't helping. Nobody was helping me. But then, yes, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, that really inspired me and motivated me to take this super seriously. I was already taking it relatively seriously and wanting to do it full time. But then I that kind of like really increased my financial goals, knowing that I have a baby on the way that I need to take care of. I was like, okay, I'm going to increase my financial goals, which means I need to increase my everything, you know, in order to meet those goals. So then I was like, well, actually. <laughs> and and so, yeah, and I think that was very clear to her because we were like, okay, you having a baby, you, you, hey, you got doctor bills, you got this, you got that. Babies are expensive. Children are expensive. You know, hey, I know you're doing okay, but that's going to take all your little money. And, you know, you're, you're not going to have any help. So what you going to do? But, you know, I did start helping her just administratively and taking, fielding emails from the incoming brand deals. But honestly, negotiating? No. I mean, well, she was like, well, this is what I'm charging. I'm not really sure if this is right or not. And every now and then we would just go up and say, well, let's see if they'll go with this. Let's see if they'll go with that. We were really just pulling numbers out of our butt. Because you have experience with like administrative, you know how to write a very professional email. You know how to sound like how you're supposed to sound when you're emailing these people, but you don't know what you're supposed to say. No. That was the problem. You were just making up like, no. okay, and I guess we're going to charge this much. Right. If they said it was this much, they offered this much, I'd go, okay. I never, ever negotiated. I just said if it, if it was close to what she was asking. And typically it was, and I should have known better. Like, well, then maybe you should raise the prices if they're agreeing so easily. But anyway, I just started doing that. And I think I did that for several months while Zaya was a baby and uh, got paid hardly anything, <laughs> promise you. <laughs> and... Uh, um. We- I was going to say too, that was also in 2015 when like influencing was still in its infancy as a industry. So it wasn't a lot to compare to or look to or gather outside research to help us know what we should have been doing. Like there just wasn't a lot out there. So 
Because, like, you're good at, like you said, you know how to do research and stuff like that. But I just feel like even if you were to look it up back then, you wouldn't find much. No. So that was also an issue. No, I did. I mean, I looked at Social Blade. Social Blue Book was out there. But I didn't believe those numbers. I was like, oh, that's That's what crazy. I'm saying, too. Like, we don't have, we didn't, nowadays, we know a lot about the industry and what other people are getting paid, probably. And, like, we kind of have a lot of insight because it's more readily available. But back then, it's like, like you said, you would look at social blue book and they would say oh you should probably be charging this much and you would have no frame of reference of like knowing if other influencers are making that much or not i didn't really have like a lot of like influencer friends to compare back to or anything like that so we were really just making stuff up and taking whatever they were offering and it wasn't until brianna which if you go and watch the episode with brianna we explained how i started working with her so i'm not going to tell that whole story again Mm -hmm. but it was after a while of just having my mom making stuff up with her then we finally added brianna onto the team who is an expert at negotiating does know what kind of rates to charge does have all that insight and experience with that specifically so she was able to immediately be like no you should be charging this much we should be asking for that much and then it just really like expanded from there as far as brand deals specifically she's in charge of all that so that's what separates my mom and Brianna. Brianna is all about the brand deals, all about negotiating the rates. And then my mom is like kind of everything else that right. she explained. And I think when Brianna, I think if I'm not mistaken, when Brianna started taking that off my plate and doing all that, that possibly left me more time to dig into strategy to say, okay, Raven, where do you want to go? And by digging into that strategy and like pouring over the numbers and the spreadsheets and the data and saying, okay, if we do this, this happens. If we do that, that happens. And, you know, my ideas, but Raven had to be willing to execute it. And she was, she was able to, uh, you know, increase her output. She was able to make certain types of videos. She was able to, um, stick to a schedule, which she had never been doing before. And it was, her hard work on the strategy that I was testing that got her to the million subscribers within that year. Yeah, that was my big goal at the time. Like I said, I had increased my financial goals because of having Zaya, but I also had a big goal of reaching 1 million subscribers on YouTube. I would just had tunnel vision for that. Like I want to get that gold plaque that you get when you reach a million subscribers. And so that's that's what we focused on at that time. What do I need to do to reach a million subscribers? And of course, with that comes a lot of other extra things, you know, the benefits of posting consistently and all those things and working with brands and working with better brands and hiring on Brianna. Everything was just kind of like growing yeah. at the need, same time. You also needed that why, what you're talking about is your why. That's what helps people get to their goals. Like realize like I have this child, I want to be financially secure. And when I asked you, I was like, so what's, what's the deal about a million subscribers? And I think I read somewhere, I said, you know what I read? It said that if you're on YouTube and you have a million subscribers that you more than likely can get like six figure brand mm-hmm. deals. And I was like, she goes, yeah. I was like, what? Oh yeah. Cause I knew at get, the time it's, it's kind of different these days, I uh-huh. would say, but at that time back then reach having a million subscribers on YouTube was like a badge of honor. It was a big deal. It's, it really set you apart from other creators and it puts you into a whole nother group. Like 
as far as being eligible for these big brand deals, six figure brand deals. So I knew it, it really meant something. It wasn't just like an arbitrary number or like for vanity. It really meant something behind the scenes business wise. And so I was like, yeah, I'm trying to get those six figure brand deals. I need to have that M next to my number. Like that's going to make a big difference. So I was really focused on that. Speaking of, you said (laughs) when I first started, when I first hired you, I paid you very little. Somebody asked, do do you pay your mom financially so she can retire from her nine to five if she has one? Well, I don't have a nine to five. Um, after a year of making $300 a month, literally, maybe 400 if I babysat. And I had to, I, at that time I was working part-time. So if I had to cut into my part-time hours to babysit, she would compensate me for that. So 400 tops, dollars a month. After we got to the million subscribers and the income started to skyrocket, I said, uh, I need a raise. (laughs) And she said, well, I think that maybe if I make more, you should make more. So how about a percentage? So we agreed on a percentage that- Because I don't remember what the original, where that $300 even came from in the first place. Because you asked me, I was working with a whole bunch of broke personal chefs and you're like, what do you charge them? And I was like, oh, like three, four hundred dollars a month, which was nothing because they were my friends. And I said, like, I'll charge you the same thing I'm charging them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But then, so we switched it from a flat rate. But also, it was less work back then too. So I was like, you know, I'll work. I was working maybe fifteen hours a week, mm. which was still, <laughs> it was still bad. But you know, it was fine. I was fine financially. It's just you know, I wasn't struggling, but. So the more money you make, the more money I make. And it was only just in the recent past two years that I just said, hey, why don't we just make me cap it, salaried kind of. and cap it? Cause so yes, I do pay her real money. <laughs> I have a real salary on payroll. She's on payroll. She has a real salary, a fair amount, mm-hmm. right? And um, I am the don't... hardest working person on the team. Though. Somebody said, yeah, are you the highest paid team member? Yes. Yeah, she is. And rightfully Technically, so. I mean, because as y'all know, as we said in the other episode, Brianna works on commission. So it's everything is a percentage. And yours is not anymore. But like mm-hmm. Brianna's is a percentage. So if I do hella brand deals, Brianna makes more money. That's just how that works. But generally speaking, mm-hmm. you are the highest paid team member. No, and we'll then see. somebody said, <laughs> did I feel pressured? Did I feel pressured to pay you the highest salary? Because you're my mom. Did you? I don't know. No. (laughs) I, and then a a lot of people are asking a lot about the payment and like, does it feel weird to pay your own mother to work for you? Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't feel like anything because it doesn't feel real. (laughs) It's like, it's not like I'm taking cash out of my wallet and handing it to you. It's all digital. It's all automatic. She pays herself. Actually, technically, you're the one who has access to everything. Like just full transparency. You know who, who gets paid the most? Uncle Sam. Well, Uncle yeah. Sam makes twice me, twice my salary. My taxes are outrageous. So, you know. And I guess, obviously, I make the most. Technically. Technically. Like, but other than that, like, she, she does get the most. But it's like, it's not like the money. It's not like I see the money coming into my personal account and then I see it leaving and going into your account. It doesn't even feel like I'm paying her. Like, I know she's being paid. I know the money is moving around. But it's not very tangible so it's not even something that i really think about or or notice and so i just don't ever think about it like it's not weird to me 
And I feel like, of course, she deserves it. She is a she is a real working. It's not like I'm pretending that my mom works for me just to, you know, she actually really works for me. She actually does the work. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I believe in fair pay for everyone. That goes for the whole rest of my team as well. Like, I don't feel weird about it. And I would much rather actually, like, why not pay my own family versus anyone else? Like, that's why I was like also kind of very picky with Brianna. Like, I'm not just gonna hire any old person. Like, that can get real messy too. So this is my mother. I trust her more than anyone else. I don't know. I can't see Raven actually having... Although, hopefully, I don't have to work until I'm 85, but I can't see Raven allowing access to her personal finance because that's what the business manager has to do. Yeah, she is the the one. She is the only one who has access to all that really personal stuff. If she wanted to drain my bank account, she could. She's not going to, and I don't worry about that. But she has access to everything. She has all my passwords, all my everything. She's probably the one who set it up in the first place and made the password. Um, Brianna doesn't have that. Nobody else has that. So that's like the key role that she plays. And I, like you said, I can't imagine if it weren't you, my own mom, who would it be? I don't know. And on full transparency, well, being transparent, Every month, Raven gets a complete accounting of where every penny went. Here's some the report. Look at it this way. Here's a report that looks at it that way. Here's a report that shows all this. Here's a report that shows all that. At the end of every year, she's on the phone calls with the financial planner, with the accountant to talk about, you know, this is why you had to pay this much in taxes or this is why this much was owed for this and that and the other. So it's all very transparent, but it still has to be a level of trust. Yeah, because somebody said, what's the reason why I prefer working with my mom instead of a management company? Which, again, I do work with Brianna. That is a management agency. So I have the experience of both, but just in different ways. I don't have the experience of what we just said of handing over everything to someone who's not my mom. But um, it's just the trust thing. Like, that's really hard to hand over all of that to someone who's not my mom, you know, I, I have never experienced that. That's hard for me to imagine. One day I know I'm going to have to because my mom can't do it forever. Um, so I don't know. Stay tuned, I guess. that's But that's hard because I feel lucky that I have my mom to do it because that would be really hard for me to pass it over to anyone else. How do you guys handle disagreements when it comes to ideas and planning and stuff? Y'all have seen it. Why are you asking? Just keep yelling until somebody agrees. <laughs> we don't really yell at each other. People think that I'm very mean to you sometimes in the comments. And I feel like they just don't know how mean you are to me. <laughs> right back. No, it's back and forth. It's back and forth. We're, we're the say this. same anything, in a different way. Anything that you see me do, where do you think I learned it from? We're both Virgos. That's like the big thing is Virgo on Virgo, butting heads because we're similar in that way. But Virgos are stereotypically known for being like hard headed and picky and perfectionist. And so it's like my way or the highway. I have an idea. You're not doing it right. So to have two people who feel that way trying to work together, there is a lot of head butting and there is a lot of, well, I want to do this. Well, you should do that. Well, no. And so, yeah, we basically just 
argue I mean, about bottom it. Bottom line, it is Raven's business, and we are both controlling. So <laughs> I want to be controlling over my my thing is I have her. I want what she wants. Mm. <laughs> Do you? Not all the time. I always want what you want. What you want. What do you but mean I by mean that? that? If you say you want a certain thing, I was like, okay, let's do that. Okay. But I may I not agree you're with how you're trying to get there. Right. I can say she's, she's looking to me. What's the end goal? You want to reach a million subscribers? You want to start a, I don't know, random example, start a clothing line, uh, own more property, whatever I say I want to do. She's like, okay, cool. This is your business, your ideas. We're going to do what you say you want to do. The problem is how are we going to do it? There's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So I start saying, well, I think we should da 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 And she's like, no, I know that we should da 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 And I'm like, no, because the way that I want to do it personally. And that's where we start going back and forth. So she's, yeah, you don't ever try to like take over as far as like, this is what you should do, like broadly, as far as the main goals. But the step-by-step is usually the problem. Like the birthday party is a good example. I want, or Zaya wants a Malibu Barbie birthday party. I want to do this type of birthday party. Cool. You're not going to argue with me on that. Mm. You will argue with me about the details leading up to it. Mm. And then we just go back and forth with each other. And then people get mad at me for giving you attitude in the blogs. Well, I mean, that's sometimes the only way to get to a better idea is to hash it out. We hashed out a lot of things. I told Zoe, I'm so glad she's pretty assertive because in our meetings and stuff, she actually has opinions and she's not as young as she is. She is not afraid to state her opinion. And she'll say, Miss Raven, Miss Tony, I think blah, blah, blah. And I, I love that. that she's, she's like the referee between us afraid sometimes. to. I was like, go ahead. Keep talking about your opinions. It's going to get shot down most of the time. Don't worry about it. I get shot down every day. Just keep... <laughs> Because I am not, as y'all know, that's not my personality. I am not like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever y'all want to do. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. However it gets done, it does matter. And there's a certain way that I want it to get done. So it is what it is. But we don't ever, it, well, I'm not going to say it never. It rarely gets to a point of true anger or sadness. It's just how we are. And that's just how we talk to each other. And it's not like. We take it super personally, usually. Yeah. But when it gets to anger or sadness, it's usually not about the business. It's usually about personal. Yes. It's when I, if one of us starts feeling like, now you're actually being mean to me, basically. Or I don't, you're not understanding me or you're not hearing me. It's more like an, a, a deeper emotional thing. Somebody said, how do you know when the argument has gone too far and is no longer productive? When somebody started crying. Yes. <laughs> When we get to that actually mad and actually sad point, and then Zoe has to chime in and be like, y'all calm down. I think, or Zoe always says, I don't think this conversation is productive anymore. <laughs> I think we've run this conversation into the ground. Maybe we should move on. And that's a problem that we both have is like tunneling really, really deep for a really long time. You could give us one topic and we could argue about it for six hours straight. Because I don't, I don't know what that is. Ooh, and but- I'd be so tired. Mondays are horrible because we have these meetings where we're supposed to be planning and and mapping everything out and we just start tunneling every single time and it goes on for hours and Zoe is like falling asleep on the couch back here and like trying to break it up. Did we always get along growing up? 
like I guess me growing up, obviously. Are you supposed to? <laughs> You're supposed to get along with your kids when they're growing up. I don't know. I mean, Raven always says, you, you, she says that after she became a mother is when we got closer. But before that, you know, I was mom. I was not one of these parents who was like, oh, you're my friend. I was mm-hmm. mom. And I had some pretty strong ideas about, you know, based on past trauma about how things needed to be for my kids. And um, it didn't always, it wasn't always what they wanted to hear. It wasn't what they, what they wanted to do. But thankfully, <laughs> you know, she became a mother. So now she knows what I'm dealing with. Yeah, that's basically how I describe it. Growing up, you are my mom, not my friend. So stuff that you would there's like a clear line between stuff that you do and talk about with your friends versus stuff that you do and talk about with your mom. And I was very much on this side. And it wasn't until I became a mom that, and it was like, it was more so like I became a mom, which then signified that I'm grown. When I turned 18, that didn't mean I was grown. Just because I went to college, that didn't mean I was grown. Just because I was even starting to pay my own bills or whatever, that didn't mean I was grown. When I had Zaya, then I started to feel like, like just even me personally, I started to feel like, okay, now I'm grown, now I'm an adult. And I feel like you also started to accept that, started to. And then it was like, okay, now that it's two adults talking to each other, there's more of a closeness and a, you know, real conversations happening. And now we can even relate on certain things because I also have a child. Um, but growing up, it wasn't like, like always fighting and arguing and yelling, like not like not getting along, but just not like friendship, if that makes sense. Mm-mm. No. And then a lot of people are asking, has our relationship improved or suffered or how has it changed since you started working for me? I mean, I think it's improved, but I think it would have improved anyway if I wasn't working with her just by the sheer fact that she's an adult. Yeah. It's kind of just going down that same path of like becoming a mom. I'm an adult, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like as a business owner and we're working on business things. It's just like you have more in common, you have more to talk about. And of course we spend, I think the key is that we spend a lot of time together that maybe we wouldn't normally spend if you weren't. Like imagine if I had a totally different job, I might have to move away, you know what I mean? Like I might be living in some other city or some other state for work, you know, doing a whole different thing, not related to you helping me at Mm -hmm. all. And then we would have a different relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But because obviously we work closely but together. But if I compare it to your older sister, to Ashley, that is her situation. Yeah. And actually, once she became an adult, our relationship improved and got a lot better and got a lot closer, even before she, because she was 40 before she had a baby. So just through her being an adult, like 25 and up, is when it just improves, And even if you're not working with them. I do I do still think it might be different just because of different personalities because Ashley is more the type of person to like like just be calling you all the time and call and say hey and like just naturally I don't want to use the word clingy but like cling towards you even if she's out of you know in a different city versus I think if I lived in a different city I don't know if we would naturally have that just call you all the time and check in like I don't think we would talk as often as we do. 
if I didn't live here and if we didn't work together. Not that we just like wouldn't talk at all. Yeah. You disagree? I, well, I don't know if you ever called me just to talk. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> ever. So I'm saying ever, ever. if you didn't work for me, I don't think we would talk as often. Mm, yeah. If, I would call you, you. I would call you, but I don't know. Well, yeah. You would call me back, but you would <laughs> just. I don't call people, period. Just call me and go. That's, I don't. Hey, that's mom, kind of how you thing. doing? What? I don't think I've ever done that to if anyone. If I, look, I had to get past, like, if the phone rang. Clutch my, hair, clutch my pearls. What's happened? So long story short, I think the answer is yes, working together brought us closer and improved our relationship overall. Yeah. I would say that. Um, here's a question for you. How much has Raven changed after becoming an influencer in good ways and in bad ways? I don't I don't think Raven has changed. At all, in any way, good or bad. I mean, she's the same Raven that she was when she was two. The same. She was always very particular about her what she was wearing and wanted to pick her own clothes and wanted to wear her hair a certain way and, um, you know, had a close-knit circle of friends, never had a bunch of friends. Um, I just... You know, I don't, maybe it's just because I'm her mom, but I don't really, is she still the same? I don't see any negative changes or any, you know, of course, it's not just from being an influencer, it's just being growing up, being more mature. And I think that tracks because all my friends and everyone else has said the same thing. Like, I didn't turn into this different person because I became an influencer. Because I didn't really like become an influencer overnight. It was such a slow thing that it wasn't like something just happened to me overnight that changed me. It just wasn't like that. What did you think when she first became an influencer or kind of like that moment that you explained where I first was like explaining to you how much money I was making and stuff like that? What did you think about it? Because a lot of people are asking like, were you surprised? Were you supportive of me pursuing it? Did you think like that's a good idea or are you the type to be like, that's not a practical job? Absolutely was all for it because my husband and I, even though he has been the one who has not been self-employed all these years and I have been most of the time, we always encourage our kids to number one, do, do them, do what makes them happy, do what they enjoy doing, do what they're good at, but also kind of leaning towards being self-employed, like do your own thing. And when I saw the potential, I never dreamed it would be what it is today. I knew it was going to be a good living, but I, you know, we, we were encouraging of it. <laughs> did you, did you always know that Raven would be a star? What signs did she show as a little girl? Did I show any signs as a little girl that I would be a star? I don't think I'm a star, first of all, but I guess... Did I show any signs that I would be doing something like this as a child? No. I don't think anybody would have guessed no. this for I me. I will say this about the YouTube thing. Raven growing up was very quiet, as was her sister Maya. The only time you would hear any peeps out of them was then they'd be upstairs in the game room together. Now, mind you, they're four years apart. And there'd be all this ki-ki-ki-ki laughing and laughing and playing. And... They didn't really, 
They never wanted to go to camp, like to meet other kids. They had a few little friends at school. They were pretty much in the house. And when I noticed that Raven was making YouTube videos as in high school, I watched a couple of them and I was like, I have never heard her say that many words. <laughs> Period. Because it's not, it's it's making YouTube videos, you are by yourself in the room talking to a camera. It's an introvert's dream. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm going on stage talking to a live audience. Like people ask me like, do you want to uh, host a talk show and things like that? No, I don't want to do anything that has to do with like actually performing for people. Because doing YouTube is the complete opposite of that. You are by yourself talking to yourself. So I... You know, I, I feel do, comfortable with that. Yeah, I do remember being surprised that so many words were coming out of your mouth in front of that camera. I was like, what? For me, I never, well, not that I never struggled with it, because if you go back and watch my old videos, they're very hard to watch because I wasn't very natural on camera. But yeah, that's why, because it's like I'm in my room by myself. I'm definitely an introvert. Is it more difficult? Okay, this. This needs background story. Do you have other clients that you do the same thing for me that you do for them? Not exactly. Uh, I don't manage anybody else's business. I don't have the bandwidth for that. But through my work in my courses and when I was consulting, I do have other influencers that I've helped to grow their audience and those particular influencers who have done well are the ones that actually do the things that I suggest that they do. It's a very Virgo thing to say, but it's true. I mean, I mean, yeah, I do work with other and I love it. I absolutely love working with other influencers like Raven or that are just starting out that are um, maybe at the midpoint or maybe getting have gotten stuck in their social media uh, career to help them get to that next level. Nothing makes me happier. But I do have people ask me all the time about, can you be my manager? And I just can't. I don't. I have this full-time job and I have my other business as a mm, social media, digital course creator, strategist, consultant, whatever you want to call it. So the question is, do you feel it's more difficult managing managing consulting, doing that type of thing for your own child rather than a stranger? No, it's not more difficult because <laughs> because I am very blunt. I'm very to the point, especially when it comes to the business, especially when it comes to social media. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything to, for you and the people that I work with have to know that I'm going to tell it to them like it is. And it's easier for me to tell my own child, look. I was going to say, because you can say whatever you want to me. Look. And talk how you want to talk. All right, talk. you know. But when it comes to the, those other people that you consult, I'm sure right. you don't like, want You don't want to get views? Okay. Keep doing what you're doing. How does your mom separate and give herself distance, emotional distance from you as her daughter and her boss. What do you say? How do you separate? From, you don't. <laughs> and I don't think you want to. Um, let me just say this. And I say this with a lot of love in my heart. Um, a couple of people have picked up on this and asked me about it. They're like, 
Are your parents helicopter parents? Yes. 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 And? They were kind of strict growing up. And yes, they are helicopter parents. The strictness comes from the very worried, very worried type of parenting is how I experienced it. And very involved, not only for that reason, but that's like a big reason why you would be super involved and super checking in and calling and just, you know. I admit we are helicopter parents to a fault. We have a lifelong task of working on that. Part of it is due to, I don't know where your daddy's comes from, because he wasn't parented that way. I was parented that way. I was parented and grandparented, very helicopterish. And I know that part of it, it kind of need to pull back a little bit. But um, what I was going to say is that's already a natural thing that's been since, since we were all babies. The fact that you are such a big part of my business and a big part of Zaya's life and helping with her, it enables it and it allows for you to be even more involved and even more, you know, talking every day and coming over, you know, very just hands on, very involved, very just, I don't know what other word to describe it. So as far as like getting space or separating or taking a break or anything like that, it's pretty rare. You know, there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of separation. Um, And this has been something that we've talked about several times because as a grown woman, I do want my space and I do not want my mommy all in my business all the time. But I also do want my mommy in my business all the time because I need help with my business and I need help with my daughter and a lot of other things in between. So it's like, yes, be around all the time and help me, but also don't. Right. When I tell you not to. I and travel so we're working on that. Quite a bit. And that travel is a time for me. It's like, I'm not there. Sorry. Yeah. That's been the, the recent thing. Cause that's been a more recent. Yeah. Last couple of years. In the last couple of years, you started taking a lot more trips. And so that's what it is. When she's out of town, that's the time. That but Raven's have. like, okay, wait, when are you having your trips? Cause I have my trips. <laughs> yeah, and we we have, have to, I need for you. To- right. And right now we have like the whole rest of our year. As far as like main travel, we have to like block it off stagger it with each other because obviously i want to travel she wants to travel yeah but that's that's the main thing when you're out of town that's you're not here so yeah a lot of people are asking that how do you separate boundaries are tough boundaries are tough and it's a constant being aware of it myself you know wanting to work on the business but then knowing that's dang i just talked to her i don't want to call her about this (laughs) And I need some space too, you know, I don't need space. I want to have my own life too. And there's definitely times where it's like, it's very needed and appreciated and okay. Yes. You've been over here every day. Yes. We've been on the phone every day, but it's just like, great. I appreciate it. But then there's other times when it's like, like stop. Yes. Yes. I agree. On both sides, Mm -hmm. you know? So we just have to try to communicate that and do our best and we're working on it. Am I your favorite child? I don't have favorites. Of course she's going to say Straight that. Face. <laughs> I do not have favorites. I All of my kids are special. I'm proud of every single one of them. I get people ask me all the time, oh, you must be so proud of Raven. I am. I am extremely proud of Raven, but I am proud of all four of my kids for all different reasons. And y'all don't know, y'all haven't really gotten a chance to get to know my siblings. 
I mean, y'all know of them and know about them and y'all see them kind of been passing in my content, but they're not a huge part of my content because they are grown and living their own separate lives. Um, but y'all got to realize y'all, y'all don't know them. Y'all don't know what they got going on and what, you know, what they're doing that she's also proud of and her involvement with them. Like, and they are also being helicoptered. Yeah. I was going to say people are like, a lot of these questions are making it seem like you only ever like talk to me or help me or no. everything is all about me. And that's not true. No. And it's true for not just me, but the daddy. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's like got his little helicopter thing going around <laughs> for all four of the kids. Like what they need to be doing, what they're not doing, what they should be doing, what we need to help them do. And it's. So if you think I'm working my parents to death, just remember that I have uh, three siblings. Mm -hmm. So it's times three. But one thing that we can say and we are extremely grateful for as parents that all of our kids are doing well every single one of our kids is doing well they have their own house their own job their own car they own they, they're all college college educated and they're doing their thing whatever they're good at and so we're thankful for that so any little thing that we might be helicoptering about is pretty minor you know do you have good tires on your car you know did you find the right daycare for your baby? I don't know. Just, you know, pretty minor stuff. How is your business doing? And does working on my stuff negatively impact trying to do your other stuff? My business is doing is how I want it to do. It's doing well. Um, I've been able to help a couple of hundred influencers grow their uh, audiences. And that's good enough for me. I don't really do it for... Uh, financial gain, but it is financially lucrative for me. Um, sometimes, like, I may have to put certain things on my business on the back burner because I'm dealing with, with uh, Raven Elise TV, and that's fine. I don't, I don't care because I don't really have any specific financial goals that I'm trying to reach. Um, but it also helps because anything that I learn through working with Raven's channel, I, I can pass on to the influencers that I work with. And I'm very transparent about anything. It's like, hey, we're doing this right now. It's working. And you guys should do this too. Or we tried this. It didn't work. So don't do that. So in just in real time, I'm able to pass along, you know, personal knowledge. You know, Raven has a, uh, a YouTube partner representative who gives us lots of helpful information. I can take that information and also share it with the clients that I work with if it's applicable to them and it helps them too. So yeah, sometimes it slows me down, but then it also helps. Okay. Getting off the business related questions and doing more personal questions. We did a video about this already a long time ago, but what was your, if let's just make it short, make it one I don't know if you can make it one word or one sentence. What was your reaction when you found out I was pregnant? Surprise, shock, disbelief, dismay. Disappointment. <laughs> I'm just like, because it just wasn't something I expected from Raven at that point. It was very random. It was very much a shock. And then how does it feel being a grandma. I love it. I used to tell people, 
I'm not in a rush. I mean, my kids are 17 years apart. And I had kids in my house for over 30 years straight. That's what somebody else asked. How old were you when you had me? I was 38, I think, when I had Raven. But you were, you 20, had Ashley? Ashley's I was 21 my oldest when I had Ashley. And no, I was 34 when I had you and 38 when I had Maya. So basically 17 years apart. And that means from 1980 through whenever Maya was 18, I had kids in my house. So I was not interested in the grandparent thing. I was like, who, who cares, grandparent? I just got rid of kids. Why do I need grand, grandkids? But I had friends that told me that there was nothing like being a grandmother, and I was going to love it. And I do. I do. It's like having kids without responsibility. <laughs> it's great. I always say, you know, Zaya's going to Disneyland when she goes to Grammy and Papa's house because it's just a free-for-all, which again goes back to how were your grandparents? What were you used to? Now you want to be the same like they were. And so it's just... Look, I told my, my mom, my mom, her grandmother was a teacher for I don't know how many years. And she was strict. She was strict on us. She was pretty strict on them. And, you know, she would always like just be more of a disciplinarian. That's why I, I tell Zaya like, you have a different grandma experience than I had. My grandma, your mom, was strict, you know, versus it's like a, it skips a generation. Right. So my grandparents were Disneyland. It was Disneyland and we loved it. And I told my mom, I said, when I have grandkids, I'm going to be like my So that means I'm going to be the strict grandma. <laughs> right. And I probably I, will if you think about it. I am going to, my grandkids are going to love me because I'm going to let them do whatever they want to do. Within reason. Now, Zaya knows. You know, disrespect. Within helicoptering, because the helicoptering is still there. But yeah. it's like, do whatever you want, except I'm going to watch you very closely. <laughs> right. Basically. Let's see. Let's find one last question to end it off on. Let's just end it off with your general advice for aspiring content creators. Well, that hit me out of nowhere. Don't expect overnight success. Everybody starts at the same spot with zero subscribers and zero views. Your first pieces of content, whether it's videos or whatever, are going to suck. You must rinse, reuse, and repeat all the different steps that you're doing to create your content and to get views. And you keep doing it and doing it and doing it until you see some results. Period. And on that note, if you want to learn further, you can uh, check out my website, www.tonytonitannerscott.com. And um, there are two ways that you can work with me. One is uh, start YouTube the right way for new and small channels. And for more established channels that are looking to level up their YouTube game, there is the YouTube Growth Masterclass. And that's all. Oh, and what else? You have a coupon code. Oh, yes. I have a coupon code. I'll that's put all be... the info in the description of if you're listening to this on audio or the video, I'll put everything in the description for all of my mom's information and the coupon code that I have that you guys can use for it. Awesome. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.